I just don't know, man. I do not know when these Pac-12 national media goobers are ever going to get it. Hey, it's Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is always great to be with you as we roll through another show. So I had to call out our guy, uh, Stuart Mandel. I had no choice, all right? I had no choice. And he had to respond at The Athletic. So here's what happened. Uh, Stuart Mandel wrote a piece for The Athletic. And as Stuart Mandel of The Athletic tends to do, he had his head so far up the backside of the Pac-12, uh, it was basically coming out of the Pac-12's mouth. I, that's where things stood with Stuart Mandel in this piece that he wrote for The Athletic. And, you know, I like The Athletic. I, I subscribe to The Athletic. So I, I see all their pieces. I read all their pieces. And, you know, for the most part, um, I, I think that there is some good stuff on The Athletic. But this piece from Stuart Mandel, who has been shilling for the Pac-12 for years now, never forget last year when nobody was going to Pac-12 games, despite the fact that it was the first time in two years that people could go to uh, college football games because 2020 was a COVID year. Nobody went. Nobody went. And what did we get told at the time by Stuart Mandel? Well, they got beaches, man. I mean, come on. It's 80 degrees and sunny. And, uh, uh, you know, what do you want them to do? They're on the beach. It's California, man. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Oh, hold on a second here. It's 80 degrees and sunny in Southern California basically all year round. You got a football game you can go to for the first time in a very long time, in two years because of the COVID year, and nobody shows up to UCLA games. And people wonder why the Pac-12 is behind. And Mandel had every excuse in the book. So predictably, he writes another piece this week. And the headline reads as follows, TV numbers show... Pac-12 might be healthier than we think. And what he did was he went on to basically note, and I'll go through some of this article, that uh, losing USC and UCLA is not as catastrophic as losing Oklahoma and Texas. And he goes on to point out some of the TV viewership numbers that are out there. So he writes here, It's absolutely a gut punch, but neither USC or UCLA have been as big a draw recently as Oklahoma or Texas. Over six seasons, the Sooners averaged 3.2 million viewers per game, the Longhorns 2.7 million. Over the same period of time, the Trojans averaged 2.2 million and the Bruins 1.6 million. Oklahoma and Texas were the Big 12's clear-cut top two. USC was not significantly higher than Oregon, while UCLA ranked sixth in the Pac-12. Goes on to note that this does coincide with Clay Helton's underwhelming tenure at USC. Uh, He said, that said, Texas was 40 and 36 during that same stretch and averaged half a million more viewers than the Trojans. So he goes on the note from there. All right. And this is where he contradicts his own point. So the whole point that Stuart Mandel is making is that uh, the Pac-12's in better shape losing USC and UCLA than the Big 12 is losing Oklahoma and Texas. And the case he makes is because of TV viewership numbers. So that's the case he's making. But then he contradicts his own point here. 
He goes, there's an obvious reason for that, though. The conference's two media partners generally put their best games every week on over-the-air networks ABC or Fox, where games usually draw higher ratings than on cable. Oklahoma and Texas appeared on 46 and 33 such broadcasts, compared with 28 for USC and 16 for UCLA. So he's admitting that uh, Texas and Oklahoma's numbers may be skewed higher because when Oklahoma or Texas are playing big games, they're more likely to be on the best channels. He then adds, in total, 73% of Fox and ABC's Big 12 selections included Oklahoma or Texas versus only 53% for the Pac-12 being USC or UCLA. In fact, Oregon was chosen for the top spot 18 times, two more than UCLA. So he goes on to note that the television market is the uh, big reason that LA is getting this draw, right? And the big reason that LA is in a position to go out there and, you know, allow USC and UCLA to join the Big Ten. And then from there, Stuart Mandel in this piece in The Athletic goes on to show a chart of the average viewership from 2015 to 2019 and 2021 of the remaining Big 12 and Pac-12 teams with games against Oklahoma, Texas, and USC and UCLA excluded for their respective conferences. And what the graph shows and the graphic shows is that of the remaining Big 12 and Pac-12 teams, Oregon, Stanford, Washington, Washington State, Colorado, and Utah had the most viewers between 1.4 and 2 million. And then it was Oklahoma State at 1.28 million, Cal, TCU, Arizona State, and then a bunch more Big 12 teams, West Virginia, Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech, followed by Arizona, Kansas State, Oregon State, and Kansas. Once again, this was ranking average viewership in recent years between the remaining Pac-12 and Big 12 teams, um, excluding games against Oklahoma, Texas, USC, and UCLA. And his general theme is here, look, the teams that get the most viewership of the remaining programs between both conferences are Oregon, Stanford, Washington, Washington State, Colorado, and Utah. So why do we think and why is the perception – that the Big 12 is, you know, uh, third in line here for Power 5 hierarchy and the Pac-12's being called dead when the Pac-12 has theoretically better viewership numbers. Well, to Stu Mandel's credit, I guess, he then contradicts his own point again. He says Pac-12 after dark is a sneaky big advantage. He says as much as Pac-12 coaches and fans loathe those late games, They may be the league's saving grace. While the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have the same two TV partners in ESPN and Fox, their deals are structured differently. The Big 12's leftover eight. I mean, you can tell the guy just hates the Big 12. Leftover eight. Had far more of their games relegated to the ratings graveyard, that is Fox Sports 1, than the Pac-12's. While the Pac-12 got more pickups by main ESPN the main ESPN channel. And that's entirely because the league is able to play games at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time when no other Power 5 leagues are playing. So he notes one of the reasons these numbers are skewed is because, let's be honest, if you're a college football junkie and it's 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central, and you want to watch a game, there's only one game in town to watch. 
literally one game in town to watch. And that game is whatever the Pac-12 game is on ESPN at 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central. That's all you got. That's all you can do. All right? So he's admitting that the reason the numbers may be skewed to make the Pac-12 look like it's got more viewership is because what's really happening is SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC fans have nothing else to watch. So they're like, I guess I'll put on Washington State and Cal because I'm a college football junkie, as many of us are, and there's nothing else to watch right now. It's not because those fan bases are more likely or more willing to go out there and watch their teams play. They don't even go to their games. Look at, you know, UCLA and Stanford and, and you know, some of these programs that play in front of half-empty stadiums. So that's the name of the game. That's what's really going on here. All right, and then he says, well, the Pac-12 being able to play these late games may save the conference. Well, I called out Stu Mandel on this whole piece on Twitter, and here's what I wrote. I said, Mandel contradicts his own point in this piece, admitting that Pac-12 games being the only option in the late-night main ESPN slot is a huge advantage, which undoubtedly skews these numbers. If the Pac-12 and Big 12 flipped TV slots, it wouldn't be close. Big 12 would crush them. So Stu writes back to me. He said, but that's not an option unless they want to play games that start at 9.30 p.m. And I wrote back to Stu Mandel of The Athletic. I said, BYU home games are an option for that slot. Add in Colorado and Utah, and it's very feasible. And there's reason to believe viewership would improve for those games over their present Pac-12 viewing numbers by joining the Big 12. My point is this. If BYU, Colorado, Utah, and fill in the blank, Arizona, whoever you want to add into that mix, all right, if they join the Big 12, I guarantee you a 9.30 p.m. start central time for a game at Utah, at BYU, at Arizona, at Colorado, will do much better when those teams are playing West Virginia, Oklahoma State, TCU, Iowa State, Baylor, than they would do if they're playing one of themselves, if they're playing Washington State or Arizona State or Oregon State. I firmly believe that because the Big 12 fan bases, as Tim Brando said on this show last week, are rabid. All right? They actually watch games. They actually are willing to sit there for four hours and watch their team's product. And I thought Chris Williams of Cyclone Fanatic, friend of the show, made a great point as well in all this. And I'm paraphrasing when I share this. Uh, But his point was also, you know, there's a reason that ESPN Plus is putting a Kansas-Iowa State basketball game on that platform. It's not because they want to relegate that game. It's because they want and they know that Big 12 fans will sign up for that $9.99 a month for ESPN Plus, at least during the season. They know that they will be there in front of their phones, TV sets, uh, laptops, smart devices, whatever. They will be there, and they will spend the money to watch their team play. That's why, and that's how, KU Iowa State basketball games end up on ESPN+, Plus because they want subs. The future of TV is in subscriptions. They're not doing that for Washington State and Cal in any sport. 
All right, I don't care if it's football, uh, basketball, or volleyball. Doesn't matter. Checkers, who cares? They're not doing it for those teams. And there's a reason they're not doing it for those teams. So this was a last-ditch effort for the athletic, for the national media, led by Stu Mandel, who's been a Pac-12 homer for years, to go out there and try to make the case that, see, look over here, uh, the Pac-12, the the viewing numbers are okay. Uh, Well, they're actually better than the Big 12. Yeah, because they're the only game on in town at 10.30 or 9.30 at night. That's why. That's what skews the numbers. Meantime, Iowa State Baylor is on at 2.30 on Fox Sports 1 going up against Alabama taking on Florida and, you know, Ohio State playing Nebraska or something like that. So, obviously, that's how those numbers are going to look. And that's why if the Big 12 just added a couple of these teams from uh, the Pac-12, depending on where the interest was, it would be better for everybody. The numbers would be better in the late-night slot, all right, for these new Big 12 teams coming from the Pac-12 if they were home and taking on some of the Big 12 teams, Iowa State, West Virginia, Baylor, Texas Tech, whoever. I firmly believe that. Oklahoma State, TCU, K-State, whatever. It doesn't matter. Even the new teams coming into the mix. Like, you're going to try to convince me that a 10.30 Eastern time start between whoever, Stanford and Cal is going to do better than, say, Utah and Cincinnati? I think Utah-Cincinnati would do a much better number. No doubt in my mind it'd do a better number. Same thing if it was Colorado and Houston. All right? Like, there's no doubt in my mind. BYU and UCF late at night would do better. So uh, this was a classic example of trying to bail out and make the Pac-12 look like something it's not. And that is a conference that has some type of future with the remaining 10 teams. And it just doesn't. Uh, And uh, I I hope that everybody sees through this piece for what it is because it's pretty obvious when you read it. What's going on here? Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey, don't forget, leave us that rating and review uh, on iTunes and then send me a screenshot for a free Heartland College Sports koozie to Pete Mundo uh, at heartlandcollegesports.com. The only way to get a koozie is by uh, leaving that rating and review and subscribing. It's a huge way to help build this show. That's how we have the number one Big 12 podcast anywhere uh, because of you guys. And because of you spreading the word uh, just organically, we don't have any big shots behind us here. All right. It's just you. It's me. It's nobody else. And uh, thank you all for doing that, for helping grow this show each and every day by taking 30 seconds out and leaving that rating and review. So uh, something else that I wrote about here on this very note is getting Colorado back in the Big 12. I believe that Colorado should come back to the Big 12, and I believe the Big 12 should open its arms to Colorado. And there's several reasons for that. One, um, I think bygones have to be bygones in all this. I've heard from so many Big 12 fans who are like, screw Colorado, they they went to the Pac-12, they deserve what happens to them. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's look at this from a reasonable, level-headed, 
common sense perspective, we can all be mad at Colorado for leaving the Big 12. The reality is the Big 12 is still there today, and it's flourishing today. Pac-12, not so much. Colorado is going to come back if it comes back with its tail between its legs, as it should. But saying no to Colorado, just to prove a point, saying no to Colorado because, well, forget them. No, no, no. You've got a chance to put uh, the final nail in the coffin of the Pac-12. You do it. It's a dog-eat-dog world, man. It's a cliche, but it's so true. And I think a lot of people forget why Colorado left. Yes, it's true that Colorado was looking west as early as the 1990s. But remember, when Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech almost left for the Pac-10, Colorado was almost stranded on its own. Remember, there was no partner program that Colorado could have become a package deal with in the Big 12. The politicians in Texas were not going to look out or care about Colorado, preferring to save as many of their own schools as they possibly could. So Colorado, once it got the invite, to the Pac-10, along with Utah, they jumped ship at a self-preservation as much as anything else. And yes, it was a mistake in hindsight, but can I sit here and, and blame them for it? I can't. I can't. So it's just something that you, you got to look at and say, okay, let's look in the past and let's figure this out and decide what exactly we are going to do from the standpoint of what's in the best interest of the Big 12. And welcoming Colorado back is one big way to do it. All right, Colorado has seen its uh, attendance level drop, as has the Pac-12 in general. Now, college football attendance is down a bit, but the Pac-12 general attendance is down more than the Big 12, SEC, and Big 10. If you look at the numbers, uh, from 2001 to 2010, Colorado averaged about 300,000 fans in attendance over their six home games. They got a bump in their first season, the Pac-12, in 2011. Then it dipped in 2012 to its lowest levels since 1988. Colorado did see a resurgence pre-COVID, but ever since COVID, it feels like passion for college football in the Pac-12 has generally declined. So if you're looking at this thing, uh, you've got to say to yourself, okay, if you're Colorado, getting back to the Big 12, I believe, helps Colorado with its attendance. I can't tell you how many Big 12 fans have told me over the years how much they loved that long road trip to Boulder. And Denver's only grown more since then. Boulder's grown 10% over the last decade. That's a pretty booming part of the country. You get a top media market in there. You get an old Big 12 foe. I believe a lot of Big 12 fans will have a great time making that trip. Think of the old Big 12 North teams. Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. I think that'd be fun. For all old Big 12 fans to bring Colorado back, and, you know, a lot of us who long for the days of uh, that tradition, right, that regionalism, and we're losing it in college football, I understand that. Big business is winning out, and, and bottom lines are winning out. But we'd be getting some of that back, and wouldn't that feel good too? Wouldn't that be fun? How many of you grew up in the 90s, uh, early 2000s, Going out there to Boulder, now you could bring your kids out there and, you know, trip down memory lane. It'd be awesome. I've been to Boulder, not for a game, but Boulder's a great town. That'd be awesome. It's a win-win for everybody. And Brett Yormark, as the next commissioner, I love that he has no ties to the drama of all this. He's just going to look at it from a pure business perspective. 
as the next commissioner, and none of that's going to matter to him. Nothing that happened 11 years ago is going to matter to Brett Yormark, and it shouldn't. And that's why if there was also ever a reason to support the idea of Brett Yormark, he's not a guy that's got any of those ties to the drama, to the backstabbing, to the backroom deals. He's just looking at now and the future. And adding Colorado and bringing it into this league does exactly that. Back to this league does exactly that. Who is that partner? Uh, You know, we can have that conversation as we've had for many weeks in a row now. But Colorado's got to come home. And I think it'd be great for the Big 12. It would be really good for Colorado. They could open up their recruiting pipeline back into the state of Texas, which they lost, like Nebraska, like Missouri. And um, I I would just love to see him back in the league. Now, there is a report that their administration views the Big 12 as a JUCO league. That's ridiculous. They'll get over it. And money will talk. We're talking millions of dollars uh, that Colorado will make more being in the Big 12 versus staying in whatever the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it is becomes. So keep an eye on that. I'm all in on Colorado. I hope you are as well. Leave a rating and a review on the show. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends and family about the show. This thing is getting ramped up before the college football season. And we're beating out so many of the big-time ESPN, CBSs when it comes to Big 12 podcasts because of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now is the time to ramp this thing up and to take those 30 seconds out and, and rate and review and subscribe. And then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'll hook you up with that free Heartland College Sports koozie. Thank you genuinely for continuing to support this show, for helping us grow this show. The site's doing great. Um, you know, we're now reaching about a million folks a month and it's because of you. So thank you so much. And now it's time to keep building up the podcast. The site's doing great. Podcast is following. And, uh, we're so grateful for, for you genuinely. I'm Pete Mundo. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon on heartlandcollegesports.com.